Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Long Relief Podcast with Austin Dakota and Barrett Hodgson. Welcoming you to today's episode, episode number 10. We've hit double digits here as today we go over some recent moves ahead of MLB opening day, as well as the National League division picks and previews. Barrett, lots of cover today, but a lot of exciting stuff with baseball just around the corner. Yeah, it's very exciting. We got opening day on Thursday, and I think everyone's looking forward to it. And uh, we have some moves to start us off with. So let's start off with the biggest one, the Austin Meadows trade. What were your thoughts on that? Yeah, I like that move a lot for Detroit because I think they're a couple pieces here and there away from winning the division. Like I said earlier in the previous episode, I picked them as the division winners and kind of assuming they were going to add a couple things throughout the year. And this is a big ad for them because it gives you a legitimate left-handed bat that can hit 30 home runs in it helps you take another step closer to winning that division, which I still think they're going to do. Yeah, and I think that that ad could really be beneficial, especially against right-handed pitching because he crushes righties. And him and Akil Boudou are kind of similar in that aspect. They hit really well against righties. I wonder if they do some sort of platoon kind of taking a page out of the Rays book and playing those guys only against righties and maybe having some other outfield options in there against lefties. And maybe we could see this team go with a type of analytical baseball going forward. And we could see them turn some heads and impress. Yeah. And one thing to consider too, is in that division, there's a lot of right-handed pitching with Giolito, uh, Dylan Cease, Lance Lynn. Then you go up uh, to the guardians where they have Bieber, Plesak, Savale, Quantrill, McKenzie. So he'll get to face a lot of left, uh, right-handed pitching in that division, but should be an interesting fit in Detroit for Meadows. Uh, Barrett, there were a couple other moves that were made, some smaller stuff. Jose Trevino going to the Yankees, the, the catcher. Yeah, I don't really understand what the Yankees are doing. They traded they traded Gary away, and they got that Ben Rodvert guy. They said he was going to play a lot, but he got injured. And Higashioka has been, like, the best hitter in spring training. He leads spring training in home runs. So I think it's probably just kind of a depth guy, but it'll be interesting to see how who's their full-time catcher when the season ends. Yeah, they could be a team looking to still trade for a catcher at the deadline this year, depending how things go. Uh, a couple other minor moves were on the table this week, Barrett, as the Phillies traded Luke Williams away uh, for some cash. And I think one third baseman was in the deal going back to Philly. Not a major move there, though. Yeah, not too major. Luke Williams is kind of a fun story. He had a little fun stint there with the Phillies at the end of the year, but. No, nothing too big. Who knows? You could see the Giants turn him into a big league player, though, because that's oh, yeah. what they do. That's how their analytics work. He could hit 15, 20 home runs next year and turn a lot of heads and surprise some people. Yeah, you could definitely see that. And uh, moving on, what about this this other catcher for catcher deal? Is Zach Collins for Reese McGuire between the Blue Jays and White Sox? What is your take on that? I mean, that's just a pretty useless trade, I think. If uh, if just a couple of backup catchers who aren't going to do much for you, but hey, I, I guess maybe I think I think Collins might have a better glove. I'm not too sure, um, but I don't think it's really a needle pushing move at all. Yeah, it's interesting because you could see Con he's a good defensive catcher, Collins. So you could see him come in and games uh, behind the dish for. The Jays, so it could be beneficial there, but other than that, not, not really any of the two bigger moves. Yeah, nothing really major, uh, as the Meadows one might be the last big move before the season, but we know there's still some guys in uh trade talks Jose Ramirez, 
talks have picked up from him and the Guardians, possibly the Padres have fit there. But before we have any other news that uh, comes out and maybe in the next couple of hours before spring uh, training ends, let's jump into our NL division picks and previews, Barrett. Let's start it off with the NL East, my favorite div- division, uh, partially due to my Phillies fandom. But I think we both agree the bottom team in that division is the Nationals. Yeah, the Nationals, their direction's kind of confusing because they have an MVP candidate, Juan Soto, and they still have guys like Steven Strasburg and Patrick Corbin, and they go out and sign Nelson Cruz. And I, I get you can flip Cruz at the deadline for some prospects, but the, less, the rest of this roster is – it's tough. I mean, outside of those guys, you got Josh Bell, who's quality, but they went and signed Cesar Hernandez in free agency. They brought back Alcides Escobar, brought in Michael Franco, an old friend of yours. I mean – I just think this team really doesn't have any chance of winning a lot of games. So it could be an ugly year in Washington. Yeah, I don't mind some of those moves, but it's just like they're not fully committing to selling all their pieces. I know, obviously, Strasburg and Corbin had bad years last year, but and those contracts might be tough to trade. But at some point, they have to probably look to offload those two guys um, and start to make some more aggressive move, I think, to try to build around Soto because they don't want his prime going to waste. So while we both agree there about the Nationals, um, any final thoughts on that team before the season starts? I'm looking forward to see Josiah Gray pitch a full season. That was the point I was going to bring up. Uh, I really like him as a prospect, and he could be their next foundational building block in that rotation. So maybe they have a building block in the pitching staff with him and then with Soto in the lineup. So that could be something to look forward to if you're a Washington fan. Yeah, that'd be a nice breakout. And Keeper Ruiz, somebody to keep an eye on too. A catcher also brought over from that – uh, Turner and Scherzer deal as those two went to the Dodgers. Now the fourth team that we have in the division in fourth place, the Miami Marlins, a team that in the shortened season in 2020 snuck their way into the playoffs, had a bad year last year in 2021. And now this year, Barrett, they had a, added a couple of pieces, but I'm not sure that in this very tough division, they're good enough to beat the Mets, Braves, or Phillies. Yeah. And I agree with that. And for the record, the Marlins are my NL and that point. So, I do like their their free agency. I like that they brought in Evisil Garcia and Jorge Soler and Joey Wendell. They added some proven bats in this league, and I think that'll make the lineup deeper. They got a really solid catcher in Jacob Starlings in a trade with the Pirates, and they still have their mainstay guys like Jess Chisholm and Jesus Aguilar. So, and they have a really good pitching staff. So this team could surprise some people, but I just don't think they have the. They're not at. It's not their year yet in this division, but down the line, they could be really good. Yeah. The pieces are there, Barrett. And one thing I've said a couple of times now, uh, to some of my friends who I've talked baseball with is Sandy Alcantara is my pick for national league. Cy Young. I think he makes the leap to have a massive season and win the national league Cy Young award. It might sound a little bit crazy, but this is a guy who had uh, about one strikeout per inning over 200 strikeouts last year, a very solid ERA hovering just above three. And I think, a full season here with Miami having a little bit of a better team behind him. He could have that ERA dip a bit, and I could see him winning the National League Cy Young, especially with Jacob deGrom now on the shelf for a month. Yeah, I could definitely see Alcantara as one of the really good pitchers in the NL. I'd probably pit him as an all-star. I don't know if I'd go as far as a Cy Young. But to add to him, they have some really nice complementary pieces in this rotation, like Trevor Rogers, who is a rookie as a an all-star rookie last season. Pablo Lopez had a nice ERA last year. Uh, Jesus Lazardo has had a really nice spring training. Uh, they have Sixto Sanchez. He's on the shelf, but he's supposed to come back mid-season. So you have some stuff to be excited about with this rotation going forward. 
Absolutely. It's an exciting time for Marlins fans to be, see the beginning of some of these guys' uh, careers that they hope to turn up to be long careers, uh, that being Alcantara, Richards, or Rogers rather, um, Sixto, and eventually, hopefully, Jesus Lazardo as well when those two guys are healthy at the end. So the Marlins in fourth place. And then third place, Barrett, we both have the New York Mets. I think this might surprise some people, but uh, let me get your reasoning first on why you have the Mets in third. I think that DeGrom injury is huge, especially if he's beyond the shelf for two to three months. I think this is a really big deal for the Mets. He's their MVP. He's their best player. He's a Cy Young candidate. Every year he pitches. They made some great moves in the offseason. I like them bringing in guys like Mark Khanna and Eduardo Escobar to help the offense. So I think they over, we agree they overpaid a little bit for starting Marte, but you'll still get some really good seasons out of him. But I just think that this injury is so devastating to their team. And we even saw, I know he's, he's all right now, but Scherzer was a little banged up. Carrasco had a bad year last year. Taewon Walker had a bad second half. So I think this proven, this once that was proven pitching staff, now is looking a little bit unproven. Yeah, it's definitely an uneasy season uh, for Mets fans because as much as the hype built this team up to be possibly the best in the division, I think the Phillies' recent ads uh, and the injuries to the Mets and the question marks definitely could hurt them down the line. I mean, you look at their team, and age is not on their side, right? Not to predict injuries, but Starling Marte may have some trouble staying healthy if he's asked to play 150 games in center field. Um, Obviously, Eduardo Escobar has been a pretty good piece the last couple of years, but He's a guy who could get injured, too. He has in the past. Mark Canna's a bit older. Uh, Pete Alonso had a little bit of a down year last year. And I think James McCann's kind of just an average catcher. So there's a lot of question marks with this team. But I think just health and age-wise, they're definitely a step behind the Phillies and the Braves. Yeah, and I agree. And I think that's really what it comes down to health. And I also don't love their bullpen either. Uh, they brought they made a trade for Jolie Rodriguez recently. They brought in Adam Adovino. They still have Edwin Diaz as their closer. but You've seen Diaz blow games before, and Adovino was just all right last year with the Red Sox. So I think their pitching staff with the injury to DeGrom, and they're going to need good years out of Carrasco and Taewon Walker, in my opinion, if they want to beat the Phillies or Braves. But between the little bit of a suspect bullpen and the older bats in the lineup, it's just kind of, it's kind of scary to look at, honestly, with the amount of money they've put into this team. Yeah, I think there's just too many holes, right? Maybe they could have used some of that money they gave a guy like uh, Scherzer. I mean, obviously, you want Scherzer on your team, but it's a lot of money. But maybe even you take that Marte signing, Barrett, and get somebody a little cheaper in center field. You bring back a Conforto, but use that money to go elsewhere because it just seems like they're just three or four, maybe five pieces away, really, from winning rather than one or two like they might believe. Yeah, and this – team I think it'll still be competitive I still think it'll be over a 500 ball club but I just don't think they have enough star like star power and health on their side to compete with the Phillies and Braves yeah it's definitely a tough division let's jump into the next team Barrett uh I have them at second you have them at first so let's talk the Atlanta Braves um why do you think they're going to win the division and then maybe we can jump into the Phillies a little bit after that one and save them for last since, you know, obviously have a little bit of a Phillies fan. Yeah, uh, I just love the Braves and what they've done. I know they lost Freddie Freeman, but they go immediately go get Matt Olsen in a trade, who's an absolute stud. They'll have Ronald Acuna coming back. They brought back Eddie Rosario. 
Marcelo Zuna is going to be playing baseball this season. They brought in Alex Dickerson to play some DH for him. And they brought in Kenley Jansen, who's been a very proven closer throughout his career. Their good bullpen gets even better. They added Colin McHugh, who had an amazing season last year with the Rays. And they retained most all their starting pitching with Max Fried, Charlie Moore, and Ian Anderson. It's just a very impressive team who just won the World Series. And sorry to a Phillies fan, but I don't think you guys can overtake them this season with what they've done. They basically maintain the same or even better roster. Yeah, I really like what the Braves did, and I like how they operate as an organization, Barrett. I really do. They aren't afraid to go out and spend a little bit, and they do a great job at replacing guys when they miss somebody or having the next man up. But the thing is, is they're relying a lot on Eddie Rosario, who the last two seasons has been pretty poor, hit under 20 home runs, hit under 260, and overall has struggled. Yes, he had a decent postseason, but he's not really an above-average player. Now, Dansby Swanson, will he have as good of a year as he did last year? Or will Dansby Swanson kind of fall back a bit um, and kind of regress a bit? It's kind of a question mark in the order. He's a guy who hit under 250 uh, last year as well. Obviously, Ozzy Albies when healthy is great. Matt Olson's very good, but still a step down from Freddie. And Austin Riley's a bit uncertain too, uh, although obviously he had a phenomenal season last year. Uh, is he going to repeat that, or is that kind of a one-hit wonder? So obviously the reason I chose the Phillies at one Number one, I'm a Phillies fan, but I truly think their lineup is better than Atlanta's. Uh, even if their pitching staff isn't, Atlanta's bullpen's great, but the Phillies, I think, just have a lineup that could carry them just ahead of Atlanta. Yeah, and I could see that with the Phillies, too. The Phillies, I like what they did, bring in some big bats between Castellanos and Kyle Schwarber. But when you look at the Braves and the Phillies in comparison, I just think the pitching and the bullpen is too much. Uh, the Phillies did bring in some some older relievers, Knable, Brad Hand, Familia. And if they're really good, then I could definitely see the Phillies being the best team in this division. But you're banking on some guys who have had some pretty rough years recently. And that's kind of what scares me with this Phillies team is mainly the bullpen. Yeah, so the bullpen bear is definitely a question mark with this team. Uh, because you're asking Knable and Dominguez to have bounced back years. But I really think they're two guys who could do it. Um, they're Dominguez had a really good spring training with 97 on his fastball, striking out a lot of hitters. Uh, and Knable looked pretty good, too. I mean, his sample size was relatively small from last year, but all the numbers are in his favor. Uh, and then Brad Hand and Jerry Familia, two guys who are kind of boomer bust in a way, really. Are you going to get the Brad Hand that imploded with the Blue Jays and was DFA'd? Or are you going to get the Brad Hand who was pretty solid with the Mets after he was picked up? And are you going to get the Familia uh, that was pretty good last year? Not a stud bullpen piece, but a decent reliever or the one who had a five ERA the year before. So there's really too many questions marks in the bullpen. But I think with enough talent there, a couple of guys will definitely shine above the rest. Yeah, I could see that as well. I really like St. Anthony Dominguez. And like you said, he's been dominant in spring. So maybe he takes a leap and he grabs that closer job or something. But I do like the Phillies rotation. I think it's pretty deep one through five between Wheeler, Nola, Ranger Suarez, Eflin, and Kyle Gibson. I do think that's a rather strong point on the roster. And you guys have some guys who can absolutely mash the ball around the field. I mean, there's probably, what, four or five guys in this lineup who are good for 30 home runs? Yeah, I think so. I mean, with Bryce, obviously, has that potential. He hasn't hit 40 yet as a Philly, but 35 last year and so much more protection now. I mean, look at Barrett. He did this in a lineup last year. He won MVP with Brad Miller, Adubel Herrera, uh, Andrew Knapp at times getting regular playing time. Um, 
uh, Freddie Galvis, no offense to Freddie, but he's now playing overseas. So you had five guys with OPSs under 500 and Bryce won MVP. Now you bring in Nick Castellanos with 300 with 30 plus homers. Reese Hoskins is healthy again, and he had 30 homers in limited playing time last year. JT Realmuto doesn't have to bat cleanup. JT Realmuto is not a cleanup hitter, and they put him at cleanup most of last year. So it takes a lot of pressure off these guys. And this is a lineup that's so deep. And if a guy like Mickey Moniak can continue on the stellar spring training he had, thanks to new hitting coach Kevin Long, this could be the best lineup in baseball. No argument for that. And I think I, I do like this Philly squad. I think it's going to be a really good race between them and the Braves. Yeah. So overall, Barrett, do you think, I guess going by looking at the positions here, do you think Schwarber or Castellanos would be better in left field for Philadelphia? In the left? Uh, they're both, they both struggle at playing the field, <laughs> but I'd probably go Schwarber because he's probably spent more time there. I know he played mm-hmm. there with the Cubs and he played with us in Boston. He played some left. I know he had to deal with the monster, but I think he's just played more in left than right. I think that's probably why. I mean, if you're going to DH someone, I'd probably put Schwarber at the DH slot. But between the two, if one has to play the field, if you're choosing who's playing left and who's playing right, I'd probably put Schwarber and left and Castellanos and right. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting year. Uh, center field seems to be Moniac, Price and Wright. Uh, the, the other between Schwarber and Castellanos uh, will DH. So it'll be interesting to see. But definitely an exciting year to be a Phillies fan. So the NLEs concludes here on the Long Relief Podcast. Let's jump over to the NL Central now, Barrett, as we'll start at the bottom. And I believe, Barrett, this division, we actually have the same picks all the way through. So let's just start uh, with number five, which I don't think anyone can argue this, the Pittsburgh Pirates. Yeah, this team is just lost. I mean, this pitching staff led by JT Brubaker and Mitch Keller Jose Quintana they brought in. It's just not a great pitching staff. I don't I don't see this team winning many games. They're probably a 50-win team. Uh, the lineup also doesn't scare you either. Uh, they optioned O'Neill Cruz down. I would have liked to see him start the year there and get a full year and see these young guys play. But there's just not a whole lot to be excited about just outside of Brian Reynolds and key Brian Hayes if you're a Pirates fan. And there's just rumors that they're going to trade uh, Brian Reynolds as well. So that just makes you even more – uh, unappealed if you're a Pittsburgh fan for sure. But yeah, they're just not better in any aspect than the team that we have above them, which would be the Cincinnati Reds, a team who sold a lot this offseason. Uh, very disappointed to see them kind of take some steps backwards, but there are still some talented players there from Joey Votto to Jonathan India. Uh, Nick Senzel has some potential. Luis Castillo, obviously, to lead the rotation. Uh, Tyler Malley is not bad. So they have some pieces. So they shouldn't be the worst team in the league, but they're not. They're far from a playoff team. What the Reds have done bothers me so much because they were on the doorstep last season. You add a playoff spot, you would think a team like this goes for it. But instead, they trade Jesse Winker. They trade Sonny Gray. They trade Eugenio Suarez. I just don't like what the Reds are doing as an organization. I'd be very upset if I was a fan of this team, especially with where they were last year. Um, but like you said, they do have some guys to be excited about, but like Joey Votto's getting older and Moustakis is, is on the older, older side of things. I mean, they had reigning rookie of the year, Jonathan India. That's very exciting. If you're a Reds fan and Tyler Stevenson, the young catcher looks to be a stud at the position as well, but it just really bothers me the direction that they decided to go in this offseason. 
Yeah, it's unfortunate to see a team like that pull the plug when they, like you said, they're kind of on the doorstep of the playoffs. So Cincinnati comes in at fourth in our NL Central predictions. The team in third uh, had a fire sale at the deadline last year, but has added some pieces, and it's encouraging to see them at least try to contend in their division a bit, and that's going to be the Chicago Cubs we both put at third place. I think the Cubs could actually surprise some people this season, and I like what the Cubs are doing. I mean, you're going to get a full year of Frank Swindle. He was awesome at the season last year. Full year of Patrick Wisdom. Nick Madrigal comes back from that torn hamstring. You got guys like Clint Frazier they're taking a chance on. And the big thing they went and did is they went out and they got Sia Suzuki, the, the star from Japan. It'll be interesting to see how he translates to the MLB pitching. But I think this team could overachieve. And I also like their staff. They got Marcus Stroman away by Lee in free agency. Kyle Hendricks has been a mainstay there. I, I actually like the Cubs this season. I think they're going to exceed some expectations. Yeah, the Cubs definitely could, the Cubs definitely could surprise some people, Barrett. Um, but how surprising can they be, right, in the National League, which is going to be very competitive? I think their ceiling is about 85 wins, I think, would be a fair spot to put them at. Uh, the rotation has some questions, but Stroman and Hendricks are really good. Uh, a couple of starting pitchers to have on your team. I think they're better fit as a 2-3 or a 3-4 rather than a 1 and a 2. Uh, but adding Suzuki's big. And this team might actually beat the Cardinals and the Brewers a decent amount of times this year because I think they match up with both of those teams really well on paper. Yeah, and it, it, like I said, it depends on what kind of years you get from a guy like Schwindel or a guy like Wisdom. Because if those two guys have really good years again, then this team can compete for sure. They could compete for that last wild card spot. They can win 85 games, like you said. Uh, they also added Angelton Simmons, a shortstop, who saves a ton of runs defensively. I love that add for them to just kind of hold things down in the middle defensively. And I, I just kind of like this team. And they're kind of my, my sleeper team this season to make a little bit of noise. I don't know if they sneak into the playoffs, but I could see them being kind of like a fun team like the Mariners were last year. Yeah, and I think they're a team that would buy at the deadline, too, if they got into that scenario. So it should be interesting to keep an eye on them. Uh, now at number two, Barrett in the Central, we have the St. Louis Cardinals, a team who every single year is good. Every year, they're just a good team. They are. They are definitely good every year. And I guess you can envy that if you're not a fan of the Cardinals. They're just always kind of in a position to be either in the playoffs or right around the playoff race. And that's because they have so many clubhouse leaders between Yadier Molina, Paul Goldschmidt, Adam Wainwright. They just have guys who have done it before. And they bring back Albert Pujols. It's going to be the, the farewell tour, I think, for him. It's going to be exciting to watch. And I think the Cardinals, they could even win this division. Uh, I like Milwaukee's pitching a little bit better. But overall, I really like the Cardinals. And I think they could make some, some noise and go pretty deep in the playoffs. Yeah, they're just a consistently good team with good leaders and in position. And Adam Wainwright continues to just shock some people, I think, and be one of the best pitchers in baseball statistically. He was at the top of his game last year, should come back this year strong too, which will be nice to see. And Pujols Barrett, let's give him some more attention. I mean, the guy's still doing it. And if he platoons, probably hits left-handed pitching, could hit 10, 15 home runs next year too and be a decent right-handed bat to have on their roster. Yeah, I agree, and he'll get he'll get some at-bats at DH, and it, it's exciting to see him be back there because that's where he made – that's where he was his best. And uh, another thing that 
will be interesting is to see what kind of season he has. I know you said 10 to 15 home runs, but what if he gets hot and he plays every day? He could hit 20 home runs. I mean, I think it'll be a fun thing to watch as a Cardinals. I support the Cardinals as a supporter of the team, wants to see him succeed. Uh, it'll be a fun season to watch between him. And I think this is also Yadier Molina's potentially last season too. There's rumors of that. So it could be an exciting farewell tour, maybe a deep run in the postseason for these Cardinals. Yeah, I mean, with Pujols as a leader, with Molina and Wainwright, they have the veterans you need. They have some young stars you need. And they have the big names with Arenado and Goldschmidt, too. So a little bit of everything for St. Louis. Jordan Walker kind of waiting in the wings, too. Uh, but the team that we haven't won now, Barrett, moving on, are the Brewers. And a team who has been really solid the last couple of years, thanks to their pitching staff with Brandon Woodruff, the Cy Young winner, uh, Corbin Burns, Freddie Peralta developing nicely. Eric Lauer's no slouch, either. A very good rotation that has kind of helped carry this team to the playoffs. Yeah, this team is very solid, and I love their rotation. They have three guys who can beat the Cy Young. Hauser and Lahr some nice depth guys. And they even have Aaron Ashby in the – he's going to get some starts this season, a young guy. And also, their bullpen is just dominant between Hayter, Devin Williams, Boxberger had a good season last year. They're just whole pitching staff as a whole is very impressive, and that's why I have them winning the division. Do you think Josh Hader is somebody they hold on to long-term? Because the trade rumors have continued to be there year in and year out. And is he a guy that they go out and pay $15 million, $20 million a year to keep? Or, are you, Barrett, would you rather them move Hader to get a couple of pieces to help maybe put them over the hump? I would keep Hader if I was the Brewers organization. I mean, you have guys like Burns, Woodruff, Peralta who can put you into the seventh. And then you have Devin Williams and Josh Hader. You got to remember, Devin Williams got hurt for the playoffs last season, which probably had an impact on how things turned out. Uh, he did punch a wall. So that was kind of on him. But when you have guys like that, the back end of your bullpen and such good starters, you could shorten up that rotation in the postseason. And teams don't want to see Josh Hader. He's an absolute beast. I mean, I can see what you mean by adding some more pieces by trading him. But I think he's just too valuable of an asset to have at the back end of the bullpen to move. Yeah, I mean, Hayter's obviously probably the best closer in baseball, if not top three. Um, and it's and once you get to the playoffs, it's you get to that ninth inning, I mean, or the eighth inning, he can go multi-innings. You'll see something similar to, I think, how Terry Francona managed the Indians that year, where he would go with Cody Allen and Andrew Miller, basically the sixth through the ninth inning, and just dominate. I could see that happening with Williams and Hayter, but the problem is, they have to stay healthy and get to the playoffs for them to utilize that and piggyback off that good rotation. Yeah, and we're also, we haven't even talked about it yet, but I like their lineup as well, and they're going to need to stay healthy and perform. Uh, a thing that does scare me a little bit, Pedro Severino just got hit with an 80-game suspension, so they really have Omar Narvaez on the roster as an early catcher. Uh, Left-handed bat, Mott great against lefties so that's a little concerning i'm sure they're going to make some sort of move and just bring in a depth guy there but other than that i really like their lineup as well i like the the mixture of rowdy telez and custom here at first i like colton wong Luis urias and leah damas are fun guys who had great seasons last year uh and then when they got my my good friend hunter renfro who had a career season last year and to pair him with christian yelich and andrew mccutcheon's going to dh and lorenzo kane plays good defense in center field so I think they have a little bit of everything in their lineup between power, average, and defense. So I'm, I'm actually very excited to see this team play this year. 
Yeah, they're going to be a fun squad. I think if Christian Yelich can just get back to a all-star level, you know, not even the MVP level, if he can just hit 280 with 30 bombs, this team will undoubtedly get close to 100 wins, I think, because they're that close. They're that good pitching-wise that they just need Yelich to get on the same page. And is he somebody you can see bouncing back, or is he a guy who you think, well, he just kind of already hit his peak? I could definitely see him bouncing back. Is I think they did add some protection in the lineup for him uh, between McCutcheon and uh, Hunter Renfro. So I do think he could bounce back. I don't know if we'll see him as MVP Yelich again, but like you said, just an all-star level is all he's needed. And I could see him coming back and being a 275 hitter with 35 home runs. I think that's very possible. So we agree throughout the NL Central, Barrett and I both have the Pirates in fifth, Reds in fourth, Cubs in third, Cardinals the runner-ups behind the first-place Brewers. Barrett, any final thoughts on the NL Central before we move on to our final division here on the national on the uh, Long Relief Podcast? I just think it's going to be a very fun race at the top between the Cardinals and Brewers, and I think the Cubs will surprise some people. And I wouldn't be surprised to see the Cardinals win the division, but I do like I like the Brewers pitching a little bit more, and that's why I have them there. So the last division on the line here tonight on the Long Relief Podcast is the National League West, which could be uh, the most competitive division in baseball, right up there with the NL East and the AL East, the NL West featuring a couple powerhouse teams. But let's start at the bottom of the division with the team we both agreed on in fifth place, the Arizona Diamondbacks, Barrett, who haven't been afraid to spend some money in recent years. Bumgarner comes in, Granke at one time. Uh, They locked up Kettle Marte, but a team that is just far, far away from competing. Yeah, this team, they have more hope than other teams like the Pirates and the Oakland A's, but still not a ton, especially in the staff division. Uh, I like Kettle Marte a lot. I like that that extension. Uh, I like Seth Beer as a young player, first baseman DH guy. I think we'll see him get regular at-bats. Uh, and the, the thing that really isn't great about this team is this rotation. I mean, they have Zach Gallon, who's still young. Hopefully he could stay healthy and balanced out this season. But other than that, you have Mad Bomb, who's had some bad seasons. Merrill Kelly has been awesome. Zach Davies. Uh, maybe they can add a couple starters and be a little bit better, but I just think they see the writing on the wall with three absolute powerhouses in this, this division, and I just don't think they're, we're willing to spend a ton of money this free agency. Yeah, the Diamondbacks are a little bit far away, but I did like how they locked up Kettle Marte. Uh, Otherwise, they're looking at a long season ahead, especially in this division. The team at number four, uh, speaking of money, Barrett, the Rockies, as we said, they really don't have a lot to look forward to because they are probably the most confusing team in all of baseball. They let Trevor Story walk. They trade Nolan Arenado. uh, And all of a sudden, they give Chris Bryant seven years at 182 or 190 or something ridiculously high. But what are they doing? I have no clue. <laughs> I mean, they, they go, they get Chris Bryant. They add Jose Iglesias at shortstop. They trade for Randall Grichuk. They move Tapia for him. It's just some uh, confusing moves overall. Uh, I mean, it could be a fun team with CJ Cron if he hits well and Brendan Rogers, Ryan McMahon, Chris Bryant. It could definitely be a fun team. But it, they're in such a tough division. They're just in the middle of nowhere. And they're super confusing. They they trade they sign Nolan Arenado a big deal. They trade him, and then they don't pay Trevor Story, and they don't trade him, and then they pay Chris Bryant, 
it's just the front office confuses me in Colorado. Yeah, the pitching rotation, too, is my biggest issue. They don't really have much besides Herman Marquez. They let John Gray go, and especially when you're pitching in cores, I mean, you need some solid starters, but that rotation is going to be bottom five in baseball, I think. Yeah, I agree. And another guy, they didn't trade John Gray, and they just let him walk. It just doesn't make any sense. Like, they know they're leaving, and they just do nothing. Like, all right, that's fine. See you. Thanks for your service. Uh, the next team up in third uh, for you is the San Diego Padres. I have them jumping to second, uh, a little bit of a swap with the Giants. So let's talk to Padres first, third place for you, second for me. I like the Padres. I think people are kind of underrating them a bit, but they do have a lot of question marks in their rotation with guys who had really bad years last year. Yeah, and I could be one of those people who's undervaluing them, but I think it's not just the rotation. I think the whole team is dysfunctional. What's going on with Eric Hawks? What's going on with Will Myers? These are two guys that are supposed to be starters, and they're just constantly in trade rumors. You don't want to hear that as an everyday player. And I like the move to go get Sean Benaya to kind of try to shore up things, but Chris Paddock was awful last season. Blake Snell wasn't very good. Hugh Darvish didn't have an amazing season. He was solid. Clevenger's coming off. TJ. So it's just you really the only reliable guy in my opinion is really Musgrove and Manaya. So I just think between all the question marks, I just like the Giants' stability a little bit better. Uh, also with the Padres bullpen, it's a little bit confusing. Uh, they're supposed to have Robert Suarez closing games, but they put Denelson Lamette out there. I mean, I just think this team kind of has a lot of question marks on it. Yeah, there there are a lot of question marks. Um... The Blake Snell thing is just kind of mind-boggling because he was so dominant when he was with Tampa Bay. But do we? Why was he so bad last year? What What is it with Snell that was so different last year than the year before? The division is my one of my main thoughts. Yeah. I mean, you got to face the Dodgers, you got to face the Giants. The Rockies can hit the ball over the field, so I think that's probably one of the aspects that caused it to be so such a regression for him. I mean, similar to Paddock, though. Paddock kind of had the same type of issues. So it'll be interesting to see if Snell can bounce back. I could see him as a bounce-back candidate. I don't really see Paddock bouncing back at all. But for the sake of Padres fans, I would just hope he bounces. I would hope Snell bounces back. Yeah, I mean, they really need it. They're starting to really throw all their kind of eggs in one basket, especially if they go get Jose Ramirez. Uh, it would be a big ad for them, but they're just continuing to sell off all the prospects they got at hopes of contending in a very tough division. Yeah, and I mean, they have Mackenzie Gore in the wings and C.J. Abrams is a top prospect, but like I said, they're just it's just confusing. Like, if they go trade for a Jose Ramirez, then they're going to have to move an Abrams or a Gore for him. Right. So, I mean, they do have a lot of positives, too. They have Manny Machado and Fernando Tatis. I know Tatis is hurt, and I think if they stay afloat long enough with his injury that they could very well make the postseason. Um, but they have studs like that. Cronenworth has been solid. I think Luke Voigt's a good fit there. Um, but I just don't like the trade rumors. There's so many out of there between Hosmer and Myers and the bad, the rough seasons last year in the pitching staff. I think that's just kind of why I have them in third place. Yeah, it should be an interesting season and one that might be not easy for them, but we'll see if their talent can kind of push through and help them uh, come past the Giants or maybe even the Dodgers. But definitely a lot of question marks in San Diego. And the next team we're going to talk about here 
is the Giants, who I have at third, you have at second, a team who was really good last year, led by manager of the year, Gabe Kapler, former Phil, shout out Gabe Kapler, uh, led by him to a really good year. Is that something you think that they can replicate this year? I don't think they can win the the division this season, but I definitely think they can replicate it. I love their rotation. I love the add of Carlos Rodon. I think Logan Webb's a stud. They added Matthew Boyd, too. He's on the injured list, but I could see him coming back and being good. Uh, They picked up Alex Cobb. Uh, They still have a pretty solid bullpen with Jake McGee and Camilo Duvall at the back end of it. Uh, And all these guys, it's the same guys that had great seasons last year, these older players who just kind of broke out out of nowhere. I I can see a very similar thing to last season. They'll make a move at the deadline to get last year's Chris Bryant. They'll probably get somebody that's talented like that and just add to this lineup. And I just, I just like the giants to see them. Yeah. I think they're going to be good again, but I mean, it just comes down to the competition. I think in the division, when the team that we have in first place, who I think will be the best team in baseball, the Los Angeles Dodgers, nobody, I don't think is better on paper than them. And I think they could beat up on the Giants and the Padres this year. But the Dodgers, I mean, what can we really say besides they're going to be really, really good? Yeah, not too much. I mean, I mean, but the Giants played them tough last season. That's the thing. They they won those close games at the end, not given they didn't have Freddie Freeman. But the Giants will play challenges. But like you said, the Dodgers, they just have so much talent. And it's going to be really hard to beat them. So the Dodgers with former MVPs, Cody Bellinger, Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, uh, Clayton Kershaw on the roster as well. Uh, who do you think out of that group of those MVPs has the best season this year? My pick's Trey Turner. Uh, I think Trey Turner's an absolute stud. And I have Mookie bias too, so that's kind of surprising. But I think Trey Turner could steal 60 bases on top of hitting 320 with 25 home runs and 80 RBIs. I think Trey Turner has an insane season in this lineup with the protection all around him of Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman and Max Muncy. I mean, Cody Ballinger is probably their eight hitter. Like, that's insane. Yeah, and a guy that I think is going to have a good year and a better year than Cedric Mullins. But, uh, Barrett, you (laughs) and I have a little bit of a friendly wager on that who will have the higher batting average between Bellinger and American League East stud Cedric Mullins. I went Bellinger, you went Mullins. So I think we'll be excited to see how that plays and see if Cody Bellinger can have that good of a year. Yeah, it, it hopefully he does bounce back. I'm rooting for him because it, you don't want to see a guy have as bad of a season as he did last year. Uh, and then that, let's talk about their pitching staff a little bit. I mean, Bueller, Urias, Kershaw, all really good. Uh, Trevor Bowers, a question mark. They brought in guys like... Andrew Heaney and Tyler Anderson will log some innings for him. But I think an interesting aspect of this team is they lose Kenley Jansen and they replace him with Craig Kimbrell. What are your thoughts on that? I don't like it. It doesn't make a ton of sense to me. I think they kind of thought um, to start the year, they'd be able to replace Jansen with a guy like Gratterall or have like trying to make the jump. But then they kind of looked at their depth and they were like, okay, we got to replace Jansen. We should have brought him back or, I don't know if they realized he was going to go for one year, but whatever the case is, I don't think Kimbrell's as good as Jansen. And I think unless he, I don't, I just don't know. I don't think Kimbrell's that good. I don't know. <laughs> I can't put it in any other words. I think he's a good closer, but I think he's lost his touch a bit Barrett, and he's become hittable. Yeah. And Kimbrell's interesting because he was unhittable with the Cubs. And then he goes to the White Sox and he's awful. So 
it's kind of like he got elevated to a bigger stage with the White Sox, and he's pretty much in the biggest stage now with the Dodgers. So is that something that he struggles with, being in, like, a bigger market or a better team that relies on him more? Maybe. It'll be interesting to see. I do think they have other options if it goes south between Trine and Gratterall, and they added Daniel Hudson, which is an ad I like. So I don't think they'll be in too much trouble if he struggles, but and they'll be bringing Dustin May will is supposed to come back at some point in the middle of the season too, so he'll probably be a bullpen guy. So I think they'll be all right out there too. And uh, I think with the AJ Pollock trade, that opens up some time for Gavin Lux, a former top prospect. Do you think he has anything left in the tank? Or obviously he's still young; he's got plenty of the tank. But is there still some untapped potential there they could possibly key into, or is it too late? I think there's definitely potential there. I mean, we saw him play really well in the postseason. He had some big hits down the stretch there. And I think they realized this, and that's why they opened up some at-bats for him. And I think I don't think he's going to be that top prospect guy, but I could definitely see him being a 260 guy who has a solid season. He's probably going to hit in the nine hole, which is not an issue if you have a 260 guy in your nine spot. Um, so I do think there's definitely potential there. It'll be interesting where he's playing in the field and whatnot. He'll probably get. Turner some days off, and he'll play some second base while Muncy slides over to third. So this the Dodgers are stacked. They're going to win this division, and they they have to be the favorite for the World Series. I would agree with that too, Barrett. And the Dodgers are the team to beat as of right now. Uh, and we'll see if there's any team that can kind of take them down off the top of the power rankings as we head into opening day, Barrett, just two days away. Before we wrap things up here on the Long Relief Podcast. Let's just go through a couple quick matchups that are coming up on opening day, which is this Thursday, April 7th. First up, Sox-Yankees. How excited are you for this Nate Evaldi-Garrett Cole matchup at 1 o'clock? I'm wicked excited for this matchup as it's a rematch of the wild card game. You had Trevor Story to the Sox. You had guys like Josh Donaldson and Kenner Falefa to the Yankees, and it's the rivalry. I mean, what better way to get the baseball season started off with arguably the best rivalry in all of MLB history. Yeah, it should be fun. I always, I'm not a big Garrett Cole fan, so I always enjoy seeing him get hit around the park. And I think the Sox can definitely do that on opening day. Should be a fun one to get going with. And another big matchup I'm excited for, Barrett, Shohei Otani projected to be on the hill for the Angels as they host the Astros and Framber Valdez projected starter there. You got to love when Otani's on the mound. And that's a game that I'll, I'll stay up to watch, to actually see him get to pitch, to see him get to hit. And it's just such a rare thing that we're getting to witness. Yeah, that's going to be a wicked fun one. And you get a healthy Mike Trout, a healthy Anthony Rendon in that game as well. So the Angels should be at full strength as they've ever been. It's going to be a fun game. And you, what do the Astros look like without Carlos Correa? I mean, I think that's another storyline in this game. What is Jeremy Payne to do? Does he start opening day? Does they let Nico Goodrum run shortstop? It's going to be a fun game, that one as well. Yeah, some question marks, as you mentioned, with the Astros, but should be a fun game. Uh, any other matchups that you've thought about, Barrett, that might catch your eye on opening day Thursday? Nothing in particular. I mean, I'm going to keep an eye out for all the games. Just, of course, you want to see it's one of the most exciting days of the year as a baseball fan. So I'll just be looking out for just about everything. But I'm really excited for the Red Sox, obviously, as a Red Sox fan. First game of the season. But overall, I'm excited for it all. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, should be a good couple of games this weekend as the season gets started. Something we probably I, – I definitely didn't think we were going to see happen in April. I thought the season was going to be locked out for a while. But fortunately, I get to see my Phillies in action with the best lineup in baseball at 3 o'clock on Friday as Aaron Nola takes the bump against the A's. 
Yeah, and he has got a little gas to start the season against the A. So Nola better come out and pitch good. Yeah, I actually wrote an article for the Good Fight, the Phillies website, and I projected Nola to finish top three in NL Cy Young voting. I think you look at his fan graphs, Barrett, they actually there's a lot of positives there. Last year, a career low in walk percentage, his second best strikeout percentage ever. It's just the long balls. If he can keep the ball in the yard, Phillies should have a good weekend ahead. Yeah, it should be exciting. Exciting season for Phillies fans and Aaron Ola. Well, that'll just about wrap things up here on episode 10 of the Long Relief Podcast with Austin Dakota and Barrett Hodgson. Barrett, any quick thoughts before we wrap things up? Let's go open a day. I'm excited. I hope everyone else is. Should be a fun one ahead. Thank you for listening, and don't forget to like and subscribe. We'll see you next time.